Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report, a brand new show for you on this Wednesday, April 7th, year 2021. So happy you decided to join us today. We have a hell of a show lined up for you today. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Well, it's always a good day when Steve Ashton stops by. Our UK correspondent will be on hand with the UK update just a little bit later in the show. Also, because it's Wednesday, it's One Hit Wonder Wednesday. We'll take a look at, in this case, a band that had one of the biggest international hits Hmm. of the late 1970s, early 1980s, Hmm. and then uh, just dropped off the face of the earth. That was it. That's all they... Well, they had another song, and we'll talk about that too, that was fairly popular, but didn't crack the top 10. US band or is it... US band, yeah. And then uh, after that, it all just went away. But this story, the heights that they hit, (laughs) they were the hottest, biggest act in the world for about a minute. And then kaput. And then it was all over. Wow. In three years, they had broken up. Broken up. This is like a true one-hit wonder story where the band breaks up. and Wow. Then they get back together again, but it's too late. they all hate each other. They all hate each other, so... (laughs) We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, of course, we have your phone calls. Of course, we have entertainment news. So much stuff going on. So uh, I think you'll be happy with this show in particular. Stock guarantee. In fact, I guarantee it. Oh, wow. That's what you went from I think to I guarantee. According to that guy. Big jump. Did I do the because uh, you want to know why guy? Did I do I don't him? think so. Oh, we got a hell of a show lined up for you today. Because <laughs> on the counter, you want to know why? For all the reasons I just previously stated. <laughs> And I am your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman, sitting here in the Batcave with me is the Rear Admiral himself. Odie Gahuff, Odie Gahuff. That's Admiral Odie Gahuff to you, mister. Right. Or as some folks call him, Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo-ho, Eddie. Yo-ho, indeed. little programming note, kids. Tonight, if you're a four-star general, tonight is the night where you get to eavesdrop on oh. the rear admiral and myself. Little peaky blinders at us. While we do it. And by do it, I mean, of course, record <laughs> tomorrow's show. We will be recording the Thursday edition of this very program tonight at 7 p.m. All you got to do is click on that link to the Crowdcast, and you'll see us live, and we'll interact, and you'll see the show in its rawest form. <laughs> Super raw. Before, bareback, uh, even. Before, it's a bareback of a show. <laughs> before uh, Gilbert Flores comes along and polishes it into the gem yes. that will be heard on Thursday. But, but it's a fun time. It is. It's we definitely have, a fun time. We have a good time. So, uh, again, that is a special perk that we're doing weekly for the four-star generals tonight at 7 p.m. I've already set out the link. You just have to click on it, and uh, you can join us. Before we get into today's show, congratulations, I think, are in order to the state of California. <laughs> Yesterday, California Governor Gavin Newsom said California will 
fully reopen its economy on June 15th. Just no holds barred. Just a floodgates open. Katie barred the door. All kinds of bars involved, <laughs> including the bars you drink at, apparently. Full reopen June 15th. Why'd he pick so far away? That's kind of weird. What? You think that's far away? June 15th? That's what, two months We're away? already in April. April, May, It's June, practically April months. 15th. Well, well Biden so said two months. all adults will be eligible for April 19th for the vaccination. So right. I guess that everyone should at least have an opportunity to get the vaccination by then. Yeah. Uh, opportunity and vaccination, however, are two completely different things. Yes. And also in the tail end of this particular news, also good news, uh, there's been a brand new uh, double mutated virus found in the state of California. But oh. let's not pay any attention to that. Good. Double mutated. Amity needs summer dollars, folks. <laughs> so ignore well, the shark in the water. Amity doesn't want to get recalled. Yeah. That's more like Governor it. said at the end of his uh, announcement. <laughs> and so we can forget all about this recall thing, right? So, yeah, yeah apparently, Rog, it's all going to be normal again. Double mutated. Everything's going to be normal. Oof. Yeah, a double mutated virus originally sourced apparently from India mm. has since been located here in the state of California. Is it vaccine resistant? Do they know? They're not quite sure what happens when the uh, when there's two mutations in the virus. Oh, I this don't like is this. this is a new thing I they're dealing. Don't with. like this. Oh, don't worry about it. June fifteenth, everybody's going to be fine. Let's just get there. Get to June fifteenth, everything will be fine. Yeah, everything's going to be fine. So <laughs> this is, of course, this is uh, you know if <sighs> if everything goes as planned, if the vaccine supply is sufficient, if the hospitalization rates are stable and low as they've been. He said uh, bars, restaurants, movie theaters, other businesses can return to usual operations. 100% capacity for movie theaters. Yes, large wow. outdoor events, conventions, Sheesh. concerts. It's going to be like it never happened, Eddie Pence. Mm. We're just going to be in great, great shape. I don't know about this. So everyone relax. It's all over. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right, well. I guess I'll just resume normal life June 15th. Science! Oh, I guess. Scary. I guess. I guess, I guess. I guess. I don't know. I'll be vaxxed up. So fuck it. Well, well, that's right? the attitude to take, Eddie Pence. That's what you got to say. That's fuck what it. you want to do. Just fuck everybody else. As long as you're okay, <laughs> the world's okay. You'll be vaxxed up by then. Fuck you, Eddie! Come on. It's a hell of an attitude. We'll go to a movie theater together, sit next to each other. Oh, will we? Share pop, caramel popcorn. Yeah, well, you like to share your spit. I've seen what you've done with olive <laughs> jars and toothpicks. We all know that. Hey, we're practically married now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Before we get into the show, I got a quick update on uh, yesterday's garbage person. You remember the people are garbage? Oh, yeah. People are garbage. Yeah, people are garbage. <laughs> they are. This was the guy from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Kelly Sills, he was the one who refused to get his temperature taken at Disney World. Uh-huh. Wouldn't comply with the COVID-19 guidelines. Right. Has he been Disney executed World. yet? Uh, he has not. No, but he, he told police officers he couldn't be trespassing when they said you had to leave because you're trespassing because you're not, accord, you're not living according to the guidelines mm -hmm. set forth to keep people protected from COVID-19. He said, I can't be trespassing because I paid $15,000 to be here. Right. I spent $15,000, he repeatedly said. I paid $15,000. It's really hammering that home. You can't trespass me for paying $15,000. Right. Well, it turns out this guy, surprise, surprise, is a much bigger dirtbag than we even thought. Shocking. Now, here's the thing, folks. And if you take nothing else away from today's show, please know that people who are garbage people mm -hmm. in certain circumstances, that's not a one-off. 
They're not living in a it's vacuum. A history of garbageness. If you scratch the surface of the garbage people, you will find a long history the whole of whole landfill there. Exactly. <laughs> this guy, he owns a company called Coastal Bridge, a construction company uh-huh. in Louisiana, okay? And it turns out, not only is he in default on a number of projects in Louisiana. What? Yeah. He has defaulted on a number of state projects. The state hired him to do some work in their infrastructure, like repairing roads and bridges. Right. And he uh, defaulted on those projects after being paid nearly the tune of $1 million so far. Wow. So he's kept the money and has not performed the work. Wow. So that's he's got that going for him. But this was my favorite part. It turns out he had an employee that works for him. Uh-huh. And this employee recently took a spill on his motorcycle. Oh, I'm going to tell his story. In November, I was riding on my motorcycle. And from what I was told, I took a good spill. That's a bad sign. Because oh, that's not good. He can't remember the accident. Oh. I ended up losing my leg. Oh, no. Fracturing my other leg, oh. my ankles, and being in and out of a coma. <sighs> he had to be medically flown to New Orleans. After learning doctors could not save his leg, the devastating news of the fact that it had to be amputated came to him. Hmm. More devastating, however, was the fact that he was told he had no health insurance. What? I was told Blue Cross Blue Shield would not pay the claim because my employer did not pay the premium. He thought he had insurance and then found out he didn't? It turns out that this guy, Kelly Sills, had been deducting health insurance out of his employees' paychecks, Eddie. But not paying the premiums? But not paying Blue Cross Blue Shield with that money. He was simply keeping the money that he had withheld from their paychecks. He needs to be executed. Money was never paid to Blue Cross. Coastal Bridge, as a company, has not paid their health insurance premium. So none of its employees, which were under the illusion that they had been covered by medical insurance, were in fact covered. This guy is the biggest shitbag I've ever heard of. On so many levels. Wow. He is a repugnant human being and... Garbage person is... That insults actual garbage people. That's true. He's worse than a garbage person. He is... He is... uh, He is... He is... uh, I can't... (laughs) Well, first of all... You fiend. How could you do that (laughs) to people? Wow. But I am uh, dumbstruck to find the proper words to explain my uh, fury at this... Fuck that dude. So I just wanted to give you a a full update on that guy. And I want to thank listener Jane Savage, who passed that story along to me, showing that this guy is... uh, That guy. Wow. On every level. Fucked. And real quickly... (laughs) I'm shocked how shitty that person is. One more garbage person. Not as garbage as this guy, but garbage nonetheless. Yeah. Welcome to the world. People are garbage. Yeah. (laughs) This guy, Marshall Hutchings. Yeah. Marshall Hutching is is suing the Fresno Grizzlies minor baseball team for hosting what he called an inherently dangerous amateur taco eating competition. (laughs) Why was it inherently dangerous? At the Chuck Chancy Park back in 2019. (laughs) Now, I want you to know, this story does involve a tragedy. Oh, no. However, it's unacceptable for people just to sue for any reason. Mm-hmm. I understand sometimes people emotionally need the, feel the need to blame someone yeah. for tragedies that happen in their lives. But it ruins everything for the rest of us, especially the legal system. Yes. He is suing for uh, wrongful death Ooh. and major damages because on the evening in question at the Fresno Grizzlies game when they held the amateur taco eating competition, 
Marshall Hutchings' dad, Dana, decided to enter the competition, Eddie Pence, and as a result, began choking on unchewed remnants of taco. (laughs) Hutchings said that people attempted to save his father with CPR and a defibrillator before paramedics arrived to rush Dana to the hospital, where unfortunately he was pronounced dead. Wow. He claims that Dana was not warned or told about the risks of devouring so much food in a short amount of time. Mm. He says professional food eating is serious business and requires preparation and training on the precipitant's part. This wasn't professional, though. This was amateur. This is average people aren't equipped to completely to compete safely in these events. And so he is holding the Fresno Grizzlies responsible and is going to take them to court to sue them for the tragic loss of his father. I mean, it's a sad story. It's a tragic story, and I don't mean to belittle his loss. that's a terrible story, but that needs to be thrown out of court. But that's a freak accident where your dad is eating too many tacos and he wants to win the fucking Frisbee (laughs) or whatever they're offering as a prize more than he wants to chew his goddamn tacos and swallow. Now, were they hard tacos or soft tacos? It does not say here, Eddie Pence, nor do I think it matters. I think it matters a lot. Why? Because it's much more dangerous to, to, to try to power eat hard tacos than soft tacos. I would say it's up to the responsibility of the chewer to understand his capacity for chewing and swallowing food. Right, I just think For soft. a person who has eaten for, let's say he's 45. Yeah, or for, older. Yeah. For 42 years of his life, he's eaten solid food. He's chewed his food. He's got to be held responsible right. for his lack thereof. No, I agree. I don't think a, an amateur, a minor league baseball team is ultimately responsible for the freak accident of him choking to death on a taco. Not at all. Which is a, don't get me wrong, embarrassing and ignominious way to pass. It's a way you don't want to go. It's not what you want to see in your your, uh, obituary. You at least want to get to the pro level if you're going to go out that way. You don't want to go out choking on a taco. (laughs) I get that. But at the same time, we can't just all sue everybody for everything. No, it's tragic. Sometimes shitty things happen in life, freak accidents happen, and... It's not like they had razor blades no, inside No, like if the there was taco. a nail in the taco, then yeah, you could sue yeah. somebody. This guy just simply couldn't chew. No. no and so I don't think that's a case. No. So stop it. Yes. Marshall Hutchins, just... Let it go, dude. I understand you're sad, but for God's sakes, please don't add to the, the garbage people of the world. People are garbage. He had to sign a waiver or something, right? They have to have some sort of waiver. I... Most times tacos, when they do those games, you're and taking stuff, your life in your own hands. There is a yeah. uh, there is a waiver. It's going to get thrown out. But I don't think you're taking your life in your hands when you're eating a bunch of tacos. Uh-huh. Just eat the tacos. Chew the taco. Yeah, chew it and swallow to it. the best of your ability. Yes. I'm sorry if you don't win the bobblehead or whatever it is their fucking prize was at the end of the competition. <laughs> Probably a ten dollar gift sticker at the Taco Bell. Just take just take your time and chew your food. More tacos. All right. <laughs> yeah. I just hope they were soft. I will once again put forth the proposition that it just doesn't matter. If it was marshmallows. Well, marshmallows have been deadly. People have tried to put too many in the mouth. See, there you go. Then, right. I, then that would support my position, which was the, the density <laughs> of the food, the softness saying, or the crunchiness no. of the food is irrelevant in this case, Your Honor. I think you're more likely to choke on a hard taco than a soft taco. I would beg to differ in the sense that the soft taco could ball up into a ball of taco that you simply couldn't pass. But you could have a jagged part of the hard taco lodged in your throat that you can't get out with the old Heimlich maneuver. Didn't say that he was stabbed to death internally by a taco shard. 
I've had some near-death experiences with hard shell tacos. Well, then you, maybe you shouldn't also well, be, that's, be eating like an adult. I would never enter an amateur maybe taco. Maybe you should have cocktail. your wife cut up your tacos for you, <laughs> put them in a blender so that you too won't die. God damn it. People are making me nuts. They are. All right. Uh, let's turn our attention to some people who don't make me nuts. Beloved members of the Garmy, we love you so much. And we love it when you reach out to us, especially... When you give us a call on the old Ralph Report hotline, appreciate it so much when you guys uh, leave your messages. It's so simple to do. It's open to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All you got to do is dial up the number 1833. Hi, Ralph. Then I listen to him. I grab a handful of them. We put them here in the show in Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's gonna play your calls now. Let's see what's on your mind. All right. I know it's hard. Sometimes when you call the line, you've rehearsed it, you thought about what you're gonna say, you have a point to make, and then you end up with I wish there was a way to delete this. Yeah, you just you just end up hitting the wall. And I and I understand the, the pressure. I know myself, it's difficult sometimes. <laughs> However, I can't help but find some of them a little bit humorous, and, and this is one of those. Hey, Ralph. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. He just sorted out. He just, that's as far as he got. <laughs> hey, Ralph. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel perhaps he was going to say, hi, Steve. Oh. And then he meant to say, hi, Eddie. And then that's when he, sh he shorted out. That's when he just had a breakdown. So, <laughs> sir, if you're listening, I want you to know we're not laughing with you. We're laughing at you. Oh, absolutely. Because we've all been there. Matt called in. Yesterday, we were talking about the uh, abortion that is the Peeps movie idea. Oh, yes. Horrible idea. Awful. My position was there's no real candy that should be featured in a, a feature-length animated film. I agree. I don't think candy can really, as a character, can support an no, entire film. I don't think so either. He seemed to think uh, otherwise. Matt had a different opinion. Hey, Ralph. Yo, ho, Eddie. It's uh, Matt, three-star general from Nova Scotia, truck driving through Nova Scotia right now. Um, personal disclaimer first, I do not endorse or support the Peeps movie at all. Mm -hmm. but, Although I'll be interested in that Jelly Bean miniseries on Netflix. Yeah, that sure. sounds like it might be interesting. That's a great idea. <laughs> but I just wanted to remind you, there was a Disney show mm -hmm. in the 80s yeah. based on those little candy gummy bears, if you recall. Yeah, I do. So i i actually enjoyed that show no i don't think they're gonna go that route with it but um yeah i guess my my point is sometimes candy can be a movie mm. question mark mm. mm. i don't know i think it's too big a risk to take no it's, gummy bears i don't remember watching that i don't recall it was a that kids show. show i think and if you enjoyed it that's fine but they're running a huge risk huge and not to not to mention Gummy Bear is also responsible for this. Oh, I'm a gummy bear. Yes, I'm a gummy bear. Oh, I'm a yummy, tummy, funny, lucky gummy bear. I'm a jelly bear. Yes, I'm a gummy bear. Oh, I'm a moving, moving, jamming, singing gummy bear. Oh, hello, gummy bear. 
Do you really want to run that risk? No. Do you want a peep song like no, that? No, please no. So why don't we just put the gummy bears back in the holster? Okay, pal? <laughs> from time to time, this has been a big week for uh, Where'd It Come From. I think we've had one uh, every day in the week. I think we have, yes. A lot of questions out there in the Garmy. Hey, Ralph. Hey, Eddie. Hey, Steve. Um, I had a Where Did It Come From. Um, we were talking to uh, some friends, and we were talking about sitting in the bleachers, and uh, we're wondering where the term bleachers came from. Uh, please don't be racist. Love you, Mita. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? No fucking no. Well, it is baseball season. They just kicked off the season. Yes. So I guess this is an appropriate question. Why do they call the seating area, the cheap seats in most baseball stadiums, the bleachers? Hmm. Well, this open seating area in baseball has been referred to by that term as early as the late 1800s. Okay. In 1877, they were, they were known as the bleaching boards. And maybe that gives you an idea as to where the name came from. Because the cheap seats were basically uncovered wooden boards that were made into benches. The sun would beat down on them and bleach the color out of the wood, hmm. turning them white bleaching them and so they were known as the bleaching boards in the late 1800s and then uh, by the early 1900s they had been shortened into the bleachers and so that's why because the sun would bleach the color out of the wood never knew that from their old school benches uh stands the stands which you'll often hear mm -hmm. while we're talking about baseball that comes from a 17th century use of the word stand meaning a place for spectators and then the grandstand was an area of pricier seats because they were covered. So ah. if you were rich, you were in the grandstand. Right. And then the, the, the phrase grandstanding or showing off meant the practice of baseball players who would show off in front of the highest paying spectators that were sitting at the game. They were grandstanding. They were grandstanding. Yeah. They were playing to the grandstand. So there you go. More than you could have asked for. <laughs> Not a racist. That's good. About the seats in the, at a baseball game. Yes, and I completely avoid any sort of white power statement <laughs> at all. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? I fucking don't know. Yesterday was Tongue Twister Tuesday. Mm. What? It was, was a tough one. It was a good one. She shall sew she, a slit sheet shut. She shall sew a slit sheet shut. She shall sew a slit sheet shut. We struggled with it. <laughs> But Larry called in. He thinks there's somebody who, if we could get a hold of him, would not struggle with this. Mm. Hey, Ralph, it's Larry in Iowa. I know you probably have that phone to the grave uh, right next to you. I was just wondering, do you think you could reach out to Sir Sean Connery and see how he did on that tongue twister from yesterday? Mm. Uh, I think he would probably do uh, uh, pretty amazing. Really? Love you. Mean it. Bye. Well, I don't have a uh, a phone to the grave. No. I left that behind at the other show. They, they, that was a, a thing they they right. had in their possession. I believe uh, that's still owned you by the company. You didn't swipe it on your way out. No, they, I couldn't. The security was watching me like a hawk <laughs> on the way out the door. But we can try a seance. Ooh. Maybe we can just just try to get a hold of Sean Connery yeah. and see how he does. You want to you want to take my hand? You yeah. want to take my I'll hand? I'll hold Eddie? your hand. Oh, it's very warm. I didn't expect. You'd be so quick to. So uh, soft. I thought maybe I'd have to convince you a little no, bit more. Not at all. All right, just hold your, just hold my hand, and just try to concentrate on the spirit mm -hmm. of Sean Connery, and let's okay. see if we can contact him. Sean Connery, 
Sean Connery, can you hear us? Mr. Connery, I'm feeling a, a presence. Yeah. The hair standing on my neck. There's a chill in the room all of a sudden. Mr. Connery, are you here? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. What the fuck what do, the you fuck want? do you, want? you want? Wow, Sean Connery's here. Um, Mr. Connery, if you have a moment, would you mind? <laughs> Seems like an odd request. Yeah, all the things we could ask Talking him. Talking to someone in the afterlife. All the things we could ask him. Would you Would you do a tongue twister for us, Sean Connery? <laughs> You're bothering me in the afterlife for that shit. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. But what do you think? Would Would you be willing to do that for us? Sean? All right. All right. What is it? All right. Uh, here it is. She shall sew a slit sheet shut. She shall sew a slit sheet shut. Well, that seems quite simple. All right. Well, then could you give it a go for us, please? She shall show a slit sheet shut. She shall show a slit sheet shut. She shall show a slit sheet shut. There. You fucking happy? Wow. That was, that was nuts. You crushed that. Impressive, Mr. Connery. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Now, don't bother me again unless it involves golf, booze, or women. Oh, fair enough. Jeez, wow. Wow. Was that thunder at the end? I think so. There's a little storm in here. I think he's got more power uh, in the afterlife than we possibly <laughs> He's really moved imagine. up the ranks. That was crazy. In his short time. I feel like we missed an opportunity to ask him something important, though. Well, maybe we can dial him back sometime. Maybe someday. And, uh, get us another excuse to hold hands. <laughs> and we're very happy yesterday with the addition, uh, speaking of the Tongue Twister Tuesday, of Ryan coming through for us once again with another jingle. Mm -hmm. He, of course, gave us our Ziggy. Jingle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was hitting the bottle again when he came up with this one. Tongue Twister Tuesday. Yeah, Tongue Twister Tuesday. Fucking uh, suck my dick. Yeah. <laughs> an uncalled for well, way to end the song. It turns out <laughs> that there was a little something after suck my dick that I couldn't quite understand. Uh. And that mystery has been cleared up because whenever we get a drunk jingle from Ryan, we mm -hmm. almost always get a drunk apology call from Ryan the next day. Hi, Ralph. Hi, Eddie. It's Ryan here. Phoning once again to apologize once again for calling in drunk <laughs> once again. I just had a little point to make when I said suck my dick. Yes. <laughs> um, I was actually saying... Suck my dick, John Cooperman. Oh. I know how Coop likes to get angry and, yeah. and create beefs. Like a beef. So it's like a beef. I've just given him, given him some beef to suck. <laughs> anyway, sorry again. I really, really have to stop drinking. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to go drink. All right. right. LMB. Bye, Ryan. Feel free to call in anytime uh, the mood strikes you, Ryan. Uh, here's the entirety, and I I edited it the way I did because I couldn't quite make out what he was saying. But now that it's been explained to me, uh, it's much clearer. Tongue Twister Tuesday, yeah, Tongue Twister Tuesday. Fucking uh, suck my dick, John Kipperman. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, there it is. That's very yeah, clear. So shots fired, Joe. Yeah, I guess Koopman's got a new enemy <laughs> across the ocean. And you know, we like to play upbeat music here on the show to give you a little bit of happiness in an otherwise difficult day. We call them our happy hits. Peter is making a request, and Peter is going to have a more difficult day 
then I think I'm I think it's safe to say almost anyone in the Garmy. Mm. And I'm happy to accommodate his request. Hi Ralph, Eddie, Steve, and everybody on the Garmy. Peter in the UK. Uh, just requesting a happy hit for Wednesday, if possible, as I'm going into the hospital for a procedure which will stop my heart and hopefully they'll restart it. So I was thinking appropriately would be Motley Crue, kickstart my heart. LMB, thanks. Remarkably chipper attitude yeah. for a guy who's going in for a procedure where they have to stop his heart. Hopefully they start it back up. If I was going to have my heart stopped, <laughs> You'd be a you know wreck. the list of things <laughs> that I would be doing that wouldn't include dialing up a podcast? <laughs> Remarkable. <laughs> the... Uh, the spirit of Peter. So, uh, Peter, of course, we're thinking of you. We certainly hope that everything goes okay. We hope that the heart is yes, restarted. we definitely do. Uh, please call us and let us know how things go. Unless, <laughs> we don't hear course, from you, unless, we'll know. of course, they don't restart your heart. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to be flippant, but if Peter can be as jolly about the procedure as he is, I feel it's okay we for me. We seance and talk to him. That's right. <laughs> we haven't done, uh, I haven't played any Motley Crue in a while. Always got time for the crew, right? Yeah, yeah. Here it is. Kickstart my heart. Best of luck, Peter. see that documentary about uh, the band called the dirt no i want to see that it's a, no. it's a uh a f not a fictionalized but it's a, a dramatic yeah. interpretation of the story the, the book that yeah. they wrote about the history of motley crew and from from all accounts the amount of drugs that they did they needed their hearts uh <laughs> kick-started a couple times themselves our, our buddy joe nicky runs a cbtr he auditioned to be tommy lee in that <laughs> oh, really? yes he, he was very close to getting it too the guys who play crew in that yeah. uh, movie are actually quite good yeah. so uh check that out i want to see it all right, kids, thanks so much for all your phone calls. Peter, we're wishing you the best. Thanks to everybody. You too can be featured on this segment, but you know what you got to do in order for that to happen? You have to call me. Call me. Hey, 
Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. All righty, now it's time for us to take a look at folks that passed away on this day, April 7th, and pay tribute to their lives and legacies in Hello, Death. Did you electrocute yourself or run into a shell? Hello, Death. Did you eat poison mold or just get old? Hello, Death. Did you fall from the sky? Ralph Garman will know why Even though you said goodbye Hello, Dad Hello, Dad Hello, Dad On this day, April 7th, in the year 30 oof, Researchers and scientists, as, long, as well as historians, believe that this is actually the day that Jesus Christ was crucified Today, today. Today, today, April 7th, 30. Uh, 30. I thought he was 33. Thought he was he too. Died. Maybe we got that wrong too. It looked like we all celebrated Easter a little bit too early. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. Three years too early, seriously. Uh, 1498, Charles VIII, King of France, who invaded Italy. He was a big deal. He died at the age of 27 on this day. On his way to a tennis match, when he was walking out of his house, he hit his head on the door frame. And that killed him? Yes. Oh, what a shitty way to go. That's almost as bad as choking on a taco at a, uh, a minor league baseball game. I'd rather go out choking on the taco. Really? At least, at least you're eating a taco. Than banging your head on a doorway. What are you getting out? out of that? At least you're eating a taco and That's then you true. die. <laughs> at least you die doing what you love. Right? Eddie Pence. Uh, in 1719, Jean-Baptiste de la Salle, French priest and uh, Christian brother, saint of the Catholic Church, died at the age of 67. Jean-Baptiste de la Salle, Saint of uh, the patron saint of educators, Eddie okay. Pence. Okay, and along those lines, there was a college founded in his name. La LaSalle College was founded in 1863. Heard of that? Later changed to LaSalle University. Any idea, Eddie Pence, as to what major metropolitan city is the home of LaSalle University? Mm -hmm. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. That's right. Uh huh. Yes, I do. LaSalle University, uh, famous school, home of many industrious and illustrious alumni. Oh, yeah? Yes. Who? Uh, the present mayor of Philadelphia, Jim Kenney, went okay. there. Uh, the current director of the Central Intelligence Agency, oh, William Burns. He's doing all the bad shit. Went there. Yeah. Uh, Emmy Award actor, Emmy Award winning actor, rather, Peter Boyle, who oh. was the dad on Everybody Loves Raymond. And Frankenstein. And, and Young, Young Frankenstein, Frankenstein yeah. of course. Joe Bryant, father of Kobe, oh. attended LaSalle University. Okay. Matthew Quick, author of the book Silver Linings Playbook, made into a popular motion picture. Heard of him. A lot, of, a lot of productive people came out of there. Huh? And prominent podcaster Ralph Joseph Garman <laughs> well, Jr. Say. also went to LaSalle you University. Don't say. <laughs> 
worst fight song ever. It sounds like they're warming up. <laughs> it's awful. That's terrible. It really is. Jesus. It's 1739. Dick Turpin, famous English highwayman, was what? hanged on this day. Highwayman. Highwayman. Oh, I think it's highwayman. I'm like, what the fuck is a highwayman? Highwayman. He used to say hi to a lot of ladies. It's a creep is what he was. Highwayman. Highwayman. Yes. Okay. He was hanged on this day in 1706 mm. for, for horse thieves. Horse thievery. Oh. But he was uh, the most famous of all the English highwaymen. And they would call them highwaymen because they would hide out and then rob the yes. travelers along the highways right. in, the, in England. Like Highway, the rob- highway robbery. You highway ever hear rob- that phrase? Yes. That's, yes. that's highway robbery. That's from there. That's from being stuck up on the highway right. at gunpoint where a man would jump out of the bushes and yell, stand and deliver. And then you had to give him all your- I shall uh, run you through. Give you all his goodies. Hmm. Yeah. He actually escaped from authorities. Went under an assumed name, living as a man named Palmer in York. And uh, they figured out who he was when he sent a letter to his brother-in-law complaining about the fact that he, they thought he was gonna, they were going to find out who he truly was. And he revealed his identity in a letter that got into the hands of the authorities. Dumbass. He was a total dumbass. Moron. On this day in 1891, P.T. Barnum, hmm. Phineas Taylor Barnum, American circus promoter and showman, died at the age of 80. Of course, ran the famous Barnum American Museum, and then joined up with a man named James Bailey for the uh, Barnum and Bailey Circus, known as the Shakespeare of advertising because he would often lie in his ads to get people (laughs) under the big top. And then he was later played by Hugh Jackman, of course, in the movie The Greatest Showman. I never saw it. Did they glorify who he was? Uh, They they polish him up pretty good. Yeah. The biggest polish is that Hugh Jackman is playing That's what I'm saying. Because if you look at a photograph of P.T. Barnum, (laughs) He looks like the Wizard of Oz. He's like a fat guy with a big bulbous nose right. who's bald. And he's very lucky to have Hugh Jackman well, playing him. He did get Hollywoodized. He did indeed. Uh, on this day in 1947, Henry Ford, American industrialist and automaker, died at the age of 83. And fuck him, yeah. by the way. Nazi sympathizer. He was right? a yeah. huge Nazi sympathizer, a huge bigot and anti-Semite. And uh, was one of Hitler's key American friends in the years before the war. Tried to get everybody to think that uh, Hitler had the right idea. Fucking asshole. So. Walter Houston, actor and father of the great actor-director John Houston, died on this day in 1950. Kit Lambert, British record producer and manager of The Who, died in 1981 on this day at the age of 45. 2001, Beatrice Strait, a brilliant American actress known mostly for her stage work, died of pneumonia at the age of 86. However, she did make powerful appearances in a a handful of films, including she was the paranormal investigator, Dr. Martha Lesh in Poltergeist. She's the one. This house is clear, lady. No, that was the, uh, that was Zelda Rubenstein. She was the one who actually performs the the ceremony that cleanses the house. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Beatrice Strait played Dr. Les. She comes with all the scientific equipment right, 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 right. and they're testing the room and everything. And she's the one who that. makes lets them contact uh, okay. Zelda Rubenstein in that. She was also in Network. She played William Holden's wife in Network who discovers that he is having an affair with the character played by uh, Faye Dunaway in that film. Mm. And her performance is unbelievable. So much so that she is on screen in that film for five minutes and two seconds of screen time, and she won the Best Supporting Actress Academy Award that year. Wow, that's impressive. That's a performance. Wow. If you can make that kind of impact in a hair over five minutes of screen time. It helps you're saying the words of Patty Chayefsky, one of the great right. writers of all time. But still, but still, five indeed. minutes. 
Here's a little bit of her work in that film. Very impressive. Get out! Go anywhere you want. Go to a hotel, go live with her, but don't come back. Because after 25 years of building a home and raising a family and all the senseless pain that we have inflicted on each other, I'm damned if I'm going to stand here and have you tell me you're in love with somebody else. The scene between her and William Holden, that whole scene is like an actor's dream. It's just two basically two people sitting at a table just acting their asses mm. off. It's remarkable. If you've never seen Network, folks, do yourself a favor. In 2007, Johnny Hart, American cartoonist, died at the age of 76. You know how I feel about cartoonists, don't you? <laughs> Not a fan? He created BC. Now, actually, BC wasn't too bad. BC was uh, about a bunch of wacky cavemen. Okay. But it was very anachronistic in the sense that they talked about modern day problems right. and everything. It was it was okay right. until Johnny Hart became born again. Oh, no. And then it started a lot of Jesus <laughs> stuff started slipping in. And the comic got very awkward to the point where some uh, uh, newspapers would wouldn't carry it and they put it in the religious sections really? of their newspapers because it was making people really cheesed off. And, of course, he also said in an interview after he found Jesus that Jews and Muslims who don't accept Jesus will burn in hell mm. and that homosexuality was the handiwork of Satan. Okay. But it didn't really matter, he said, because the end of the world is approaching probably the year 2010. Oh. So, uh, he missed that. He missed. He died in 2007, so oh. he missed out on all that fun. <laughs> 2007. Also was the death of Barry Nelson, an American actor, died at the age of 89. He was in The Shining. He's the guy who hires Jack Nicholson to be yep. the caretaker of the Overlook Hotel. But his claim to fame is truly he was the first actor to play James Bond on screen. Okay. He played it on television in 1954 when CBS purchased the rights to do a dramatized version of the book Casino Royale featuring James Bond. Huh. They changed the story considerably, largely by making James Bond an American who works for the uh, CIA right. instead of the Secret Service of uh, England. And even his name, they changed it to Jimmy Bond. Here's a little moment from that show. Aren't you the fellow who was shot? No, I'm the fellow who was missed. You happen to see it? No, I just heard about it. A bank of one million, nine at the table, and back her up. Well, it looks like you're as lucky as they say. Hey. Oh, you're a legend, old boy. Card sense Jimmy Bond, they call you. I knew you right away. I didn't know I had that much of a reputation. Old Card sense Jimmy Bond. <laughs> Bond. Not quite the same in Jimmy Bond. It doesn't really carry, does it? <laughs> uh, Mike Wallace, famous American journalist, of course, one of the creators of 60 Minutes, died on this day in 2012, died at the age of 93. There's a great documentary out there if you care about journalism at all, called Mike Wallace is Here, which they said would be the most terrifying words that a politician or <laughs> businessman could hear over an intercom when he would show up with a camera crew to ask you some questions. Right. It's a great documentary. Unvarnished, they show what a brilliant journalist he was and what an asshole he also was. Oh, I bet. Here's a little clip. I'm Mike Wallace. I'm Mike Wallace. I'm Mike Wallace. I'm Mike Wallace. He was tough as nails, never took orders from anybody. Why are you sometimes such a prick? <laughs> People didn't ask tough questions back then. You invented that genre. You're not answering the specific question that I put. You ask tough questions that get behind the facade. I've never seen an interview that you did not dominate. It was my first. I'll ask the question, please. You're a son of a bitch. Do you know that? Oh, come on. You are a Barbara. son of a bitch. That's 
Barbara wow. Streisand calling him a son of a bitch to his face during the interview. You have to be kind of an asshole to be a good journalist. You I can't think. worry what people think yeah. about you. That's for sure. Would love to see him at the height of his powers interview the last administration. We could use more. That guys would have been like phenomenal. Him. That would be cool. And American actor Seymour Cassell, who often worked with uh, John Cassavetes and other great directors, he passed away on this day in 2019 at the age of 84. Now what we do is we find a food related to someone who passed away and we run it past Eddie Pence. Maybe he'll eat it. Hmm? Who knows? Maybe he'll stick it up his ass. Then pull it out. Oh. There's only one way for us to find out. We talk about that food. Then we pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. If it comes up jackpot. Jackpot. That means he's eating it. However, if those reels are mismatched. <laughs> nah, it's a no-go. <laughs> Let's find out whether he's eating today's food. In 1972, Crazy Joe Gallo. Good old Crazy Joe Gallo. Crazy Joe Gallo. American mobster. Oh. He was a mobster with the Colombo crime family out of New York City. He was known as uh, one of their best murderers, Eddie Pence. Oh, okay. Largely because he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Oh. Uh, they didn't call him Crazy Joe for nothing. Wow. He was a bit unhinged, which made him perfectly suited for the kind of work that they asked him to do uh, with the mob. That had to be terrifying to be on the other end of that dude. Yeah. You don't get less sympathy from a, uh, a schizophrenic who who's, has voices in his head telling him to kill you. You're not in good shape at that point. However, he ran afoul of the Colombo organization, Eddie Pence, and he hired someone to try to kill the head of the Colombo crime family. Oh. Now, that went awry. I always say, if you're going to take a shot at the king, you better not oh, miss, don't right? miss. Don't miss. So Columbo ended up uh, paralyzed but recovered. Many in the family blamed Gallo for the shooting. And so on this day in 1972, Crazy Joe Gallo was celebrating his 43rd birthday party at good old Umberto's Clam House in Little Italy when he was gunned down in the <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> Worst surprise party ever, oh my in my God. opinion. As the story goes, Gallo was in between plates of scungili when the gunman entered, opened fire. He wounded, stumbled out to the sidewalk, and then promptly died. This has made Umberto's Clam House, by the way, a must-visit when you're in Little Italy. I've actually eaten at Umberto's Clam really? House. However, this is about two locations removed oh, from where it actually happened. the same place. And the owner, it is the same place, but they had to move uh, physical locations. Right. So same owners of the restaurant, but they've had to but you move. you can't sit at the booth he was So you at. can't sit at the actual death site, which makes very pe many people disappointed. And the owners are really not too pleased to talk about that uh, incident, actually. But the food of the day, because of what um, crazy Joe Gallo was enjoying just before he stopped enjoying anything, was good old scungili. Scungili. Hey, how you go? You like a nice plate of scungili? I'm going to make you so nice scungili, you're never going to forget. You're going to say, oh, I'm so hungry. You know what I like I have right now? A bigger plate of scungili would be so good for me. That's what you're going to say. Okay. Yeah, scungili, Eddie Pence. Yeah. Scongili is the Neapolitan dialect word for conch, which is sconsigilo. I know what, conch is the big shell, right? You've big seen you've the big conch shells yes. in the, the Jamaica and yes. the Bahamas. Conch is the creature that lives inside oh, those shells. It's like a hermit crab. It's more like a sea snail than it is a hermit crab. Oh. Conch is the common name for a number of different medium to large size sea snails. And they live in those shells, and then they're captured, and then the uh, sh the snail is removed. And uh, scungili is a uh, is a seafood dish that the Italians make from those snails. Uh, to make them from scratch can be very labor in labor intensive. You have to steam the snails, then remove the whole critter by cracking open the shell because they're wound up inside of it. Then you need to cut out the coiled digestive tract of the snail. 
then slice them lengthwise, rinse them well, peel away the dark outer layer, then you slice thinly the meat of the scungili, then you got to freeze it and defrost it to tenderize it, then marinate it to make it further tenderized, and then you can finally uh, slice it up into small pieces, and it's served. Go through all that. It's a lot of work, and that's, that's why most Italian work. restaurants you find uh, used can scungili, which is still delicious, but it's all done at a, uh, a preparation plant for you, so you don't have to worry about mm. it. Typically served in antipasto salads or in pasta dishes, uh, closely associated with the Feast of the Seven Fishes, which is a popular Christmas time meal for Italians. It is uh, similar in texture to a calamari. It's got that. Uh, slightly chewy, white, pale flesh to it that uh, comes with a lot of seafood that you can get in an Italian restaurant. But uh, scungili with some garlic, I gotta tell you, with some capers, you're gonna like so much scungili. Hey, you know who like a scungili? Crazy Joe Gallo, couldn't get enough of my scungili. <laughs> so it's not about whether Crazy Joe liked it or not. It's about, about <sighs> Crazy Eddie. <sighs> Will he like it or not? It's only one way for us to find out. We're gonna pull that handle. Here you go. One scungili, two scungili. Oh, uh, Marono, I cannot believe this guy. <laughs> uh, oh, God, why are you punishing me with a boy no eating scungili? Sounds fucking foul, man. Oh, so good. Why is it good? Do you like calamari? I like calamari, but I can only eat it if it's fried. Oh, my God. Well, you just, you could fry anything. Is it like it escargot? Is it it's like slug? Well, it's, it's like a slug. Escargot are served in the shell. Right, but it's the same full, type of creature. Full size. Right. These are sliced into strips. It's it's turned How into it's it? turned into a dish. Well, it's you know the size like of a foot? conch shell, right? Yeah, it's like a foot long slug. Yeah, Ooh. but then they cut oh. it up and they uh, they cut the best parts <laughs> no. of it and they cut it into little bite sized pieces. When no. you have it in antipasto or something no. like that, it's mm-hmm. uh it's much more uh, no. manageable. So it's, it's bite sized. I'm gonna say no. It's so good. No. How is it good? Because it's uh. It's, it's what's it ta- what it's chewy. It's a, it's like seafood. And it's it tastes a slug. like seafood. It's a sea slug. <laughs> it's a Gross. snail. It's not a slug. Fuck it. So what's it's, the difference between a slug and a snail except for the shell? It's a sea snail. It's the same shit. And it is a delicious, no. firm, tender white meat. No. It's firm and tender. Yes. No. You gotta you gotta bite into it. You gotta chew it up. No. It's not it's not melting in your mouth. No. It's no. it's it's a no. it's a little muscly. No, it's a sea slug. No, thank you. It's a sea snail. Same goddamn thing. Very different. Except for the shell. Very different. Snails live in shells. Slugs don't. Right. That's it. So, that's the no, only so, difference. Not the same, same is what I'm shit. saying. Not the same. Fucking gross. Gungi. Fucking giant worm. Coming to a Munchin Monday no. near you. No. And that's it for today's Hello, Death. Hello, Death. You're dead now. So shut up. Now it's time for all the entertainment news in a segment I like to call the showbiz beat. Well, congratulations. We've got more billionaires in America. Oh, that's awesome. Forbes just released their 35th annual list of billionaires. And it turns out we have added 660 new billionaires from last year. That's insane. Eddie, we only have 2,755 billionaires living in America right now. That's crazy. That's all we have. Uh, We have less than 3,000 billionaires. We need to get our shit together. We need more billionaires. Some big names have been added to the list. Yeah. Tyler Perry hitting the billionaire list for the first time. Okay. Congratulations. He's definitely worked. He's earned his billion. He absolutely has. He has created a franchise and and a film industry 
basically out of nothing. Yeah, he started performing billion, yes. on little stages in churches and small theaters in the United States and built it into a powerhouse. And he gives back, from what I can tell. He gives He's quite enormously a back, yes. generous and is always involved in some remarkable charities. Yeah. So he's our newest billionaire. You'll be happy to know. First of all, let me tell you that uh, rest easy <laughs> knowing that Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk are still number one and number two yeah. in terms of the wealthiest people. They'll be the trillionaires before you know it. Um, absolutely. Um, but you'll be happy also to know Kanye West has just joined the billionaires. Are you serious? Yeah. And who, where would Kanye West be without his lovely soon-to-be ex-wife, Kim Kardashian? It's just been announced that she She's now a fucking billionaire. is a billionaire. Now she didn't deserve. She doesn't deserve. And I blame you, America. You made Kim Kardashian a billionaire for nothing. For nothing. She did nothing to earn that, but have a sex tape and then sell you shit. Sold you makeup and and undergarments. With her name on it. She didn't create it. Nope. She just sold you some shit, and you bought it, and now she's a billionaire. How can you Because you watched her horrible television show, Fuck. and you bought her products, oh. and now, America, that's what you've done. Oh. So. What the fuck was that? Right? You have Tyler Perry on one end, and then her on the other. Both billionaires. There are people on the list that I have no problem being billionaires, like George Lucas, Steven Spielberg. No. I mean, obviously, these guys create... They inspire people and they put shit out in the world that people enjoy. They create I mean, entertainment, if nothing else. They have provided joy. Yeah. I can't remember any time Kim Kardashian ever provided me joy. <laughs> she provides a lot of anger. Ray J, she provided him joy. <laughs> right. But not me so much. <laughs> speaking of which, speaking of how tightly wound the Kardashian team is, they're going nuts right now. They're trying to scrub the internet of a photograph of Khloe Kardashian that leaked out without the family's permission. Oh. It was her by a pool in a bikini. Right. But yeah. untouched, unfiltered, oh. unpolished. What she really looks she like. She looks like a person, and they can't have that. That would cause the Kardashian empire to come crumbling to the ground. Be devastated. If you looked at them and said, well, look, she's got stretch marks, and she's got a belly, and she looks, like, got, she looks like a human being. She's got blemishes like me. Then the whole thing, the whole illusion falls apart, and you take their billion dollars away from them because they're done. selling you a fucking bill of goods. <sighs> magic beans. Hate them all. Although magic beans ended up actually being good. Real. They were real. So fake. this was not that. Not magic These beans. These are fake magic beans they're selling you. <laughs> so... If you find that picture of her, just keep sharing it. They're Please. literally, the legal teams are hunting people down on the internet demanding that they pull the picture down. Fuck, what's wrong with me? <laughs> it's God, kind they of, suck. It's kind of scary. Sad news, Harry Potter actor Paul Ritter has passed away at the age of 54. Probably best known around the globe for playing the role of Eldred Warple in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. But our Garmy members in the UK would probably know him best for his work on television. He was the star of a long-running Channel 4 comedy called Friday Night Dinner on television there in the UK. A very talented actor, uh, died way too soon at the age of 54. Cher has apologized for her George Floyd posts. Oh. <laughs> I feel bad for the lady. Heart's um, in the right place. Absolutely, but. and that's what she said. She said, uh, these last few days have been hard, soul-searching, painful ones. My wording was wrong and imprecise. If you don't know what we're talking about, she claimed that had she been on, on the site when George Floyd was killed, yeah allegedly, by that police officer, yeah. um, she could have stepped in and uh, stopped it from happening. Yeah, to we all feel she, that way. but that wouldn't And that's what either. she was saying. She said, uh, when I'm over-emotional, I should wait, walk away, then tweet. I felt sorrow and did wish I could have helped George. Sometimes you can feel what you can't explain in a tweet. Sorry is all I have, she said, apologizing. There you go. So, of all the things some celebrities have said in social media, 
that's hardly a, a major no. crime, I think. No. Knives Out sequels. Did you see Knives Out, the movie? I love that movie. I love that movie. So too. good. Uh, it seemed like a slam dunk that Lionsgate was going to be able to release a sequel to the Knives Out film. However, that is no longer the case. What? Because Netflix swooped in and made a deal with producers for two sequels. Wow. Inking a $469 million deal with Ryan Johnson, for Ryan the Johnson. writer, director, producer of that film, as well as uh, his part producing partner. And some of that money is going to Daniel Craig to star in both of those films as well. So he has stepped out of one franchise yeah. and is going into another. All three of those gentlemen stand to walk away from the deal with a hundred million dollars each. Good for them. So uh, we'll get two new Knives Out movies instead of yeah. just one. And this is sad movie news. Sylvester Stallone has confirmed he will not be appearing in the upcoming Creed 3. Well, no, why? They, he, no one will say. What are they gonna do with Rocky? I have no idea. They gotta write him out then. I wonder if he dies. Oh, they can't I wonder just, if he dies off camera. They can't off camera kill he Rocky. He had cancer in number two or something, didn't right, he? Right, but you, we gotta have a scene where we say bye to Rocky. Hey, look, right? I'm not feeling so good, okay? So like, I want you to fight, you know? Fight a good fight when you're fighting? But I won't be there because I'm feeling very tired, okay? Like, my, I got rectal bleeding, okay? <laughs> Do we need that scene? And then beep. What's that noise? <laughs> Who's that beeping? <laughs> Wakes up again. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is directing this film, his uh, directorial debut. And uh, Stallone has confirmed he won't be part of the film, but has uh, declined to say. Oh, man, they're going to write him off off screen. They will. That's terrible. Let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on April 7th. Sean Clifford, the actress known for playing the older sister on Fleabag. Love that series. She is 39 years old today. Singer Charlie Thomas of the legendary doo-wop group The Drifters is 84 years old. When this old world starts getting me down And people are just too much for me to fade Movie director and winemaker now more than anything, Francis Ford Coppola is 83. I told you I sat down and interviewed him. Yes, right for the, yes. Uh, what a charming, lovely conversation that was. Singer Patricia Bennett of the Chiffons. Boy, it's a good day for classic music. She is 74 today. He's so fine. Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan, is 67 years old today. Singer John Oates, singer-guitarist John Oates of Hall and Oates, 73 years old today. You're kind of the John Oates to my Daryl Hall. Am I? That's the way I look I, at oh, it. Oh, thank you. You make of my dreams come true. Russell Crowe is 57 years old today. Basically the same age as me. Remember yeah. yesterday we talked about Robert Downey Jr.? Yes, now he's not aging. About how yes. he is the same age as me, yeah. and yet he looks like that and I look like this. Right. Russell Crowe balances out that equation for me. Oh, okay. It, 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 it balances the scales of justice. Have you seen Russell Crowe lately? I haven't seen him lately. See, go online and find a recent picture of Russell Crowe. It, it caught up with him? I'll, I'll, I feel much better about myself <laughs> having looked at that photograph. 
Singer Janice Ian is 70 years old today. I learned the truth at 17 That love was meant for beauty queens In high school girls with clear skin smiles Who married young and then retired Comedian actor Bill Bellamy is 56. Drummer Charlie Hall of The War on Drugs is 47. Actor Kevin Alejandro from Lucifer and Southland, 45. And bassist Ben McKee of Imagine Dragons is 36. Thunder, feel the thunder. Lightning and the thunder. That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. But we're not done with entertainment news just yet. Oh, no. We are going to travel across the ocean. Unless you're already in the UK. In that case, you just stay right where you are. Because we're going to check in with our UK correspondent, Mr. Steve Ashton. It's time for the UK update. Oh, Steve. Do you know, I've started listening to the shows that I don't appear on. And I've got, I've got to say, Ralph, that you and the other boy, you make MASH seem like after MASH. <laughs> Do you know that show had two fucking seasons, 31 episodes? That's crazy. Fucking hell. I changed it up there, though. Did you notice that? I did. It was nice. I'm trying to keep the spark there alive, Ralph. I'm trying to keep it. It's like you coming home from work and me wearing sexy lingerie. (laughs) Please don't ever. All right. Hey, may I just say hello to the guy who requested Crocodile Rock on Monday and did his Elton? Yeah, he did a Steve Ashton impression. That was quite nice, wasn't it? He didn't do it very well, obviously. But um, no, I always want to say, I'm kidding. It was nice. Thank you so much. Uh, Thanks. It was a nice little Easter egg, wasn't it? Yes. And that in itself is a little Easter egg. Do you see what I've done there? Because you mentioned something's a callback. I'm coming out strong today. Anyway, look, uh, Ozzy Osbourne's in the news. Oh, what's up with the Blizzard of Oz? Ozzy Osbourne claims that he's shot various cats and birds that have found their way into his Los Angeles garden during lockdown. Sure. Yeah, he he added that he found firing his rifle was good fun and remarked, it gets me out of my head. He said that in a recent interview with... Let me just check my note. Oh, who fucking cares? Um, He suggested the activity took his mind off his frailty by admitting... When I'm in my house, I woody, I'm never going to walk properly. Shannon! Um, he even even boasted on his improving accuracy, adding, when I first started, when I first started this thing, I could not shoot, but then there's dead cats and birds every minute now. Now, he was diagnosed, Ralph, by the way, with Parkinson's <laughs> disease for two, two years ago. Yes. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he was aiming at Sharon. Yeah. <laughs> You know, for all the racism and that. I don't know. But giving Ozzy a rifle would be like giving Edwin a dictionary. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No. You just know a fatality is fucking imminent. <laughs> and, and, oh, I didn't mean that. This will cheer him up, Edwin. This will. It's going to be... Uh, Ozzy's going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, Ralph. I thought he already was. No, not the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The one that's important. The WWE <laughs> Hall of Fame. Oh, of course. 
Now, reports say that he was part of the combined WWE Hall of Fame ceremony, which taped last week. He didn't appear in person. Uh, he just recorded a video message. I bet that took a fucking long time, didn't it? For bonus, he probably forgot what he was doing, where he was, shot his rifle, killed the dog, all in the space of about four hours. But uh, for bonus points, Ralph, which WrestleMania did Ozzy first appear at? Oh, that's too easy. That would be uh, WrestleMania 18. We're in WrestleMania 2, so just a couple off. Um, it's uh, it's where he and Captain Lou Albano managed the British Bulldogs in their WWF Tag Team Championship win. Oh, oh fucking forget it. Talking to you about wrestling is like reading Hemingway to an Alsatian. You know what I mean? After like three seconds, you just start looking quizzical, move your head to the side, get bored, and then just start licking your own bumhole. Fair enough. I feel... I feel if you were a dog, Ralph, you'd you'd probably be an Alsatian. You know, kind of like proud, noble, <laughs> lovely glossy coat and a lovely little red wet nose. Anyway, uh, and lipstick. So it's for talking of dogs. Uh, poodle human experiment gone awry. Brian May is in the news. Oh, come on. <laughs> Brian May's revealed he didn't like Queen's hit Don't Stop Me Now at first. Can you believe that? No, I love that. I know. What a banger. Um, now, you played that the other week. He didn't like it because he thought Freddie Mercury's lyrics played down the dangers of AIDS. Now, in an interview with Guitar Player magazine, he admitted he wasn't very comfortable with what Mercury was singing about as he found it too flippant in view of the dangers of the HIV virus. But he eventually gave in and warmed to the song, realizing it gave people great joy. He said, I had to give in. It's a great song. There's no way around it. I think... That's what Freddie had, an amazing knack of doing. He could put his button on things that make people feel a bit more alive. <laughs> yeah, he did not put his button around to make people feel alive, <laughs> etc. But look, far be it from me to highlight the hypocrisy of famous people. Right. The thing that story is, what? Oh, what's the word? I can't think of the word. I should have looked at What's that word? You you call it when you rewrite history. It's retcon? No, recidivitis. Really bullshit, I suppose is what I'm saying. It's really very much bullshit. Don't Stop Me Now featured on a 1978 album called Jazz. Now, presumably, written in the latter part of 1977 or early 78, maybe. Right. The first case of AIDS clinically reported in June 1981. Oh. So I know Brian May's a keen astronomer, but it appears he's a keen astrologer as well. In that... He could tell the fucking future. But so he, if he could do, he should have seen that the Queen movie would turn out to be shit. Oh, stop. And shouldn't he? And he, sh he should have also seen that he'd end up looking like fucking Gandalf after a shave. <laughs> anyway, I've got to go now, Ralph, as it's Ole Kirk Christensen's birthday today, the father of Lego. Oh, and by the way, it's not Legos. Ugh. For fucking sweet fuck's sake. By the way, uh, tangentially, if you type into Google... The, the phrase, why do Americans say logo, Legos? Oh, no, no, I'll do it for you. Hang on. All right. I'll wait. There you go. So the first response, uh, it's because they're wankers. <laughs> That's not my words, right? No. That's Google. Right. Uh, anyway, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's the geezer's birthday. So I'm going to be celebrating by stabbing my feet with plastic and walking around like Aussie fucking Osborne all weekend. I'll talk to you again on Friday. And one of the reasons Wednesday is a favorite around here on the Ralph Report, because we get to take a look at a smash hit song and talk about the artist 
who kind of fell from grace after that massive success. It's time for One Hit Wonder Wednesday. It's the One Hit Wonder! One Hit Wonder! One Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. As I mentioned, this band was not just a success at the end of the 1970s, early 1980s. It was a cultural phenomenon. Now, I was just the right age to have experienced the fever for this band, and I must admit, I was right in the middle of it. Did you dress like it? Me and my friends could not get enough of this band when they broke large. It all started with a gentleman who had played in other bands, uh, like Sky and the Sunset Bombers, but he decided to move to Los Angeles and start a new band. And when he got there, he and three other guys got together and started doing live gigs on the Sunset Strip. They were playing all the popular clubs, and they got quite a reputation so much so that other famous artists would show up just to jam with them. Guys like Ray Manzarek from The Doors, Tom Petty, Bruce Springsteen would jump on stage wow. with these guys. So they got quite a reputation of being the new big thing in Hollywood, and that led to a bidding war amongst record labels of who would get to record their first album. Ten different record labels were pursuing them, but Capitol Records won out, and this band was given the largest signing sum in that label's history. That's how much confidence they had in this band. And so they recorded their first album, and it was beyond successful. In fact, the debut single off that album became an international hit. It was the fastest selling to one million copies of that single for Capitol Records since I Want to Hold Your Hand by the Beatles, a band they were often compared to. Patty called asking for today's One Hit Wonder. Hi, Ralph and the crew. It's Patty from the OC. Long time no call. Ralph, it just hit me about one of the one-hit wonders. I don't know if you've done I'm pretty sure you haven't, but this is the quintessential one-hit wonder of our lives. The next, my Sharona. Um, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure you guys haven't done it, and that is like the ultimate one-hit wonder in my book. Have a great day. Bye. The Knack is the band we're talking about. Mm. Their debut album, Get the Knack, was an international phenomenon. They were compared to the Beatles, not by accident. Capitol Records saw what they had in these four gentlemen and said, let's see if we can produce a little Beatles magic. Their album, Get the Knack, the debut album, very reminiscent on the cover art of Meet the Beatles, the way they were positioned. And a lot of people started to resent that because the comparisons to the Beatles came fast and furiously, and they were able to capitalize that on tremendously. Their sound had a bit of a retro 60s sound as well. The look, the way they dressed on stage, equally reminiscent of the Beatles. But their song, My Sharona, was a number one hit in the United States and around the world. It was the biggest selling song of 1979 when it was released, based on a real person, Sharona Halperin was the girlfriend of uh, band leader Doug Feger, and he wrote a ton of records about her, songs about her when they were dating for the next four years. She was omnipresent with the band. In fact, on the cover art of the, uh, the picture sleeve for the 45 of My Sharona, she is on the cover mm. holding a copy of the album in nothing but a very thin white T-shirt and her nipples are very excited. That was not lost on 13-year-old me when I picked up that single, by the way. It was a tremendous hit, as I mentioned, not just here in the United States, but all around the world. Number one in almost every country. It was an influential song as well. The New York Times called it an emblem of the new wave era in rock and a prime example 
of that kind of music. Michael Jackson in 1982, when he was doing the Thriller album, told Quincy Jones he wanted a similar song to My Sharona, and that's where they came up with Beat It. Huh. And uh, in 1994, My Sharona actually re-entered the Billboard Hot 100 because it was on the Reality Bites soundtrack, so that gave them a little renewed right. interest. But this was their only top 10 song here in the United States. Here it is, My Sharona. that band we're like okay this is it this is our beatles we weren't around for the original run but this right. is our, the america's answer to the beatles so for some of us that was good news for a lot of people it was an excellent reason to hate this band and the backlash started almost as quickly as the success came critics started to turn on them other musicians started to turn on them there was a nuke the knack campaign that wow. came out of san francisco by a bunch of musicians who called them pre-packaged and too commercial and ruining right. music so there was a lot of pressure on this band. They released their second single, their follow-up single, that did pretty well in the States, did better in Canada. I liked it better than my Sharona. It was called Good Girls Don't. Good Girls Don't. They were a good time band, and a lot of people uh, didn't like that for whatever reason. Tastes were changing, a couple follow-up albums, and by 1982, internal pressures in the band had blown up, and the Knack uh, called it quits. Do you think if they had not been packaged as the next coming of the Beatles, they, they would have lasted? I don't think Capitol Records did them any favors by pushing that comparison right. so hard, because as you know, in a lot of circles, the Beatles are sacri yeah, you can't know, touch sacred, them. and you can't, uh, you can't huh. compare yourself to them or else you get... Right. You get stoned. That sucks. And so uh, after a couple of years, it all went away. They'd, the albums come back with diminishing returns in terms, of, in terms of sales. And they busted up in 82. They tried to get back together in 86, did a couple more albums, again, with very little success. And then Doug Feger, the creative genius behind the band, he passed away from cancer in 2010, pretty much ending mm. the career of The Knack. But uh, I was there as a kid in the middle of it. I was like, this band is so cool. Because <laughs> a lot of their songs were written about trying to 
get with girls. Right. It was a very adolescent, yeah, pre-adolescent almost attitude towards dating and sex and stuff. But at 12 and 13. Oh, that's what you want. That was right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> so, uh, Patty, thanks for the call. Excellent poll. My Sharona is today's one-hit wonder. It's a one-hit wonder. One-hit wonder. One-hit wonders. It's a very common tale. Don't forget, four-star generals, tune in tonight at 7 p.m. to watch Eddie and myself record the Thursday morning show. For us to you, Garmy members, we'll talk to you tomorrow on Thursday. Thursdays are always fun because, of course, it is Sex University Day. We take a look at a uh, portion of human sexuality and do a little bit of an exploration. Also, more of your entertainment news, more phone calls. Banks Lee is going to be stopping by. Oh, nice. Always got stuff to talk about, right? We got a lot of theme park stuff to talk about as we slowly start to reopen yeah. theme parks all around the world. So it's going to be a good show tomorrow. I hope you'll come and check it out. But in order to do that, you got to stay safe. Take care of yourself. And that means if you can... Stay the fuck at home! Until June 15th, I guess. And you <laughs> it's can, all over then. You can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> but in the interim, wear your mask, keep your hands clean. Stay good in the hood. A little social distance. Stay sweet at six feet. Because... Life is life. You got to take care of yours. We'll talk to you tomorrow, kids. Until tomorrow, love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye. <laughs>